Bud, when I talk about wrapping something, what do you think of? Uh, Christmas presents? Well, that's true, but that's not what I'm talking about here. See, every day you go to Octane Inc., it does kind of feel like Christmas. It's not the same kind of wrapping, but man, it's like getting a present every time you go there. These guys wrap everything. Snowmobiles, UTVs, golf carts, race cars, trailers. To be honest, if it moves, they can probably wrap it. You know what? It doesn't even have to move till they wrap my ping pong table into the Iowa Hawkeye football field, and it looks amazing. That is true. I guess they also do hoodies, t-shirts, and hats, and other accessories. Bud, what the heck are you doing now? Well, you never know. Maybe Brett wants to pick up some other kind of wrapping. I don't think that's going to happen, but if you want to give him a call in T, South Dakota, it's Octane, Inc., 605-213-8343. Again, that's 605-213-8343. That time I missed the button. <laughs> hey, Hokey's Garage! <laughs> uh, click, 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 our, our technical oh, skills geez. are just amazing. My goodness. Another nice day today, though, bud. It was. Uh, it's not going to be that nice much longer wet tomorrow they're talking but we'll take the rain yeah hey well, I, I learned something on the way over here you know we've talked several times about my messed up eye and stuff now but i can see out of the top half of it now it's getting better but you go down the highway and there's a car in front of it you're following and you're looking at it and then you close the good eye all of a sudden the car moves like 100 feet further down the road it's like i don't know if it doesn't focus quite right but it's Depth really, perception. Oh, it messes the depth with it perception's bad. But then you close the bad eye, and then it comes back to where it's supposed to be, I think. I don't know, but... So, I'm, I'm we, glad, don't, we don't I'm close that eye anymore. I'm glad you're driving down the highway, Don't though. close that eye anymore. Just keep them both open. <laughs> but that's what I learned tonight on the way over. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. but hey, it's coming. I'm, you bet. I'm gaining. You bet. Great night tonight, though, we got lined up. We or got, you got lined up. We got uh, three podcasts tonight. Uh, first one we're going to do here tonight is uh, Kenny Jacobs. Really looking forward to this one. Yep. I love talking with them guys that raced back in the day, the stories. Yep, and uh, we hope to have a bunch more of that on. Yep, that's, um, that's your goal. Zeb Weiss, yep. big name right now because he just won the All-Star Championship yep. and he won the last World of Outlaw race. And then uh, somewhat of a local because he was around quite yep. a bit this yep. year, but... Uh, um, I think he's down in Houston or somewhere right now. I'm not 100% I think that's sure, where home but, base is, I believe. Um, Scott Baguski, I think Baguski, it is. Baguski, I say we'll, Baguski a lot, but I think it's Baguski. We'll ask him. Yeah. Let's we'll see if we get it, it right. <laughs> so, when we come back, we're going to have Kenny Jacobs on. Fulkins Brothers Trucking, complete livestock hauling. A load with us is a load off your mind. Since 1979, call Trim at 800-831-831. 8553. That's Fulkins Brothers Trucking. Um, call Trim at 800-831-8553. And thank you, fellas, for being part of our show. Hey, we're back at Hoagie's Garage, and I'm really excited for this, Tom. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, so we have Kenny Jacobs on. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm not, I'm not very good with time, as you know, but I'm doing pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> so. Hey, we still got together. That's the main thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm still off work, so I got nothing to do for the next month yet. So, <laughs> boy, I wish I could say that. Well, I'm wishing I was at work. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, yeah, not me. I'm sitting here having a margarita right now, though, so that's all good. There well, you that'll go. Work. That's I great. I can't do that either. I gotta drive home when we get done with this. So, yeah, okay. Uh, Kenny, maybe just you know, 
who's all a part of your family? Uh, your wife, uh, do you have kids? Let's just start with that, and then we'll go from there. Okay, yep, yep. Um, actually, my wife is Kim, and uh, I guess you would say high school sweetheart. We were dating in high school. We've been married 48 years now. And my oldest daughter is Jennifer, and she is married, and they have four kids, uh, three boys and a girl. And uh, my middle daughter, Kendra, which everybody in the racing world knows, they actually know her better than they know me. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I get asked now, are you Kendra's dad? So, <laughs> so the tables have really turned. And uh, then, of course, my son, Lee, who races, and uh, Lee's married and, uh, to Tara, and they have three boys. And, uh, of course, their three boys' names are Race, Jet, and Dash. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the Jacobs family in a nutshell. Yeah, I know when when we reached out and talked to you, you're like, well, when are you thinking? Because I'm pretty busy going to a lot of my uh... grandkids around. <laughs> oh my gosh, they keep us going, man! It's sports, sports, sports. They're all athletes um, and good athletes at that. And then Lee, his oldest son, I bought a micro sprint for him last year and he has really excelled this year in that micro sprint so we do that every saturday night and you know how it is when you have a race car you're working on a darn thing every night of the week so um even at that level we we don't work on it every night of the week uh, at that level but we do work it's uh yeah. matter of fact i walked in the house tonight about six thirty. i think when i got and i was down there from about three o'clock to six thirty, tinkering on that damn little car. <laughs> You're almost but, busy, uh, just as busy now as when you were racing. Oh, uh, maybe not quite as busy, maybe. But when I was racing, I was having more fun and making more money. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the grandkids are cheap, and I only have one. So yeah, yeah, I have seven. I have, I actually have six boys and one girl. Okay, and uh, she's as good an athlete as any of them. She's uh, really, really good. Matter of fact. Uh, Tomorrow night's her last volleyball game of the year, so we'll be going to that. And um, she is a freshman this year. My oldest is um, oldest grandson is twenty. Okay. He's on his sophomore year of college, and then I have a um, sophomore, a freshman, an eighth grade, a seventh grade, and a third grade. So, yeah, that's awesome. You're you're definitely yeah. busy. I haven't got to that stage yet. Mine's only two and a half, so I got a little time yet before the sports start. But oh, I'm giving you a little warning. Get ready. I, I, I chase my kids around enough, so I know what it's going to be like. It'd be yeah. worse as a grandpa, because then you always, it's always something else going on. It seems like, but you know. yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you can always say no when you're a grandpa. You don't have to go. Yeah. No, you if don't have to. If but if you're mom and dad, you can't say no. You got to go. So. I, ain't, I ain't very good at saying no yet. Just ask my <laughs> ask grandma. Uh, yeah, it gets harder to say no too. The older they get, it gets harder. So yeah. Yeah. So, so Kenny, there's probably about a thousand questions that you know we would like to ask you, and we'll try, we'll try and get way narrowed down. But uh, you know, okay. you've accomplished so many things over the years that it's just not, you know, we just want to make sure we touch base with everything. But the first thing I read about you, Kenny, is I heard that you showed horses, you trained horses a little bit when you were younger, and you live kind of right by Wayne County Speedway. But the road was blocked, so you had to park the trailer? 
to yep. ride the horses home and you saw how big of a crowd it was and you're like, man, I'm in the wrong sport. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty much how that went. My grandfather actually built that racetrack. It's uh, called Wayne County Speedway and they had a, let's see, it was called a Buckeye, Buckeye something. I can't even remember now. I was only 17 years old. And I was showing horses, training horses, showing horses, and having a good time. And exactly like you said, we come to the road about a mile from the racetrack. We can't hardly get through with the truck and trailer with the horses. So uh, Rod Wilson, who was uh, kind of my mentor back then, we just decided pull over and unload them. So we pulled over, unloaded, rode the horses back. And, and you're exactly right. As I'm riding that horse, I'm thinking, there's no money in this whatsoever. And those guys over there are making money. And um, I got home, and that very week, I asked my dad. Uh, the first good race car my dad drove was actually sitting in a fence row on the farm. And I asked my dad, uh, can I have that car? And dad said, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Go ahead. So dad was an over-the-road truck driver. He takes off in a truck, and he comes home later that week, and I got that car in a garage. We had a little – it was a two-car garage, but it was about the size of a four-car garage. And I had that car in there up on jack stands, and I'm ripping that thing apart. Dad gets home, and he says, uh, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm going to try to get this thing running. Well, what for? I said, well, I'm going to, hell, we've got a racetrack right across the street. I'm going to drive the darn thing. So dad thought I was going to haul it out of the field and take it and sell it for scrap metal. <laughs> I said, hell, hell no, I'm not going to sell it for scrap metal. I'm going to drive it. So that was, uh, that's how I started in this sport. And um, actually the very first lap I made qualifying I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't have enough camera in the front axle. And when I turned left, the, the wheels flopped over center. I couldn't turn the wheels back. And Wayne County had lights with dirt mounds up to the light poles. Hit a dirt mound, flipped the thing over, not fast enough to even. I mean, it barely rolled over one time. But it rolled over my very first corner, my very first lap of qualifying. So... <laughs> My, my career really didn't look very hot starting out, I can tell you that. Well, it, it, it could only get it better It could only from get there. better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Unless Dad said bullshit, you're not doing this. But <laughs> he, he, he didn't, so. So I heard there's another story, though, that like when you were 12, you took your dad's car after the races, took it around the lap a little bit. You couldn't even hardly see out of it. And uh, it was all going good until your grandpa saw you. How in the world did you hear that story? That I didn't think anybody knew that. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, Dad, um, they called them a modified, but they were an open-wheel sprint car. They were just a homemade sprint car, yep. what they were. Yep. And we lived across the street. Grandma and Grandpa weren't doing real well, so we moved into the farmhouse. And Grandma and Grandpa moved into the house trailer right beside us so Mom could take care of them. And uh, I would drive Dad's car from the garage over to the racetrack. He would let me drive it over to the racetrack because they had a clutch in them back then. Yep. So after the races one night, I talked Dad and let me go out on the track. I literally had to look between the steering wheel 
in the hub. I oh, just like them little the old ladies hub. you used to see once in a while. Yeah, on the road. yeah, exactly. That's about how fast I was going too, like this little <laughs> old lady. So, but Gramble didn't think it was very impressive because I was 12 years old and had no business on that racetrack. But, and that's a story I do not know very many people ever heard. Well, there'll be at least a few more I'll hear it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true story, though. Yeah, so, yeah. Now, this this next question, you can thank Steve for this one, because when, when Vulcan sent us your number or whatever, he said that your nickname was The Mouse. How, how did that ever come about, or what's that from? Well, I tell everybody, if you knew my dad very well, you would have a nickname. My dad nicknamed everybody, except my wife. He never gave my wife a nickname, and Kim always said, it's because it was so bad that he wouldn't say it. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe he'd be scared of her or something. No, no. Actually, and she knows this. She says that, but she knows this. My dad dearly loved Kim. She was, uh, he would kick me out before he'd kick her out. So uh, she didn't have a nickname because I think he was afraid that he would upset her. So she never got a nickname. But my nickname came from, um, I wrestled 98 in high school, um, my freshman, sophomore, junior year. Then I got really big and wrestled 105 my senior year. <laughs> Bulked up. <laughs> so, so Dad just called me Mouse because okay. I was so damn little. So Yeah, because Lester, where we're from too, everybody's got a nickname. Nobody, yeah. Goes, yeah. very few people go by the real name. There's a lot of people have no idea what my real name is. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. In oh, the yeah. phone book, I put both of them in. I put my <laughs> real name, then I put the nickname in parentheses because the people looked it up back when there was phone books. Yeah. I was Nobody say, knew who the hell no they were looking for. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, shoot. Yeah. So as racing went on, um, uh, we said it could only get better, and it did. It did. Uh, you won 15 of the 17 features at Lakeville Speedway. Um, and that's not against just, you know, ordinary slouches. That's like from what I read, Brad Doty, Ed Hunchild, Jack Hunchild. I don't know, maybe Jack Hewitt was there too. But how in the world do you win 15 of the 17 features in one year? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I. I got to drive this car. It's a funny story how I got in this car. Um, the guy that was winning every race at Lakeville Speedway when us kids started, I mean, Roger Wiles, he won every race. So we all thought, you know, we got to figure out how to get good enough to beat Roger. Well, then, as we started getting a little better, Roger's older than us, uh, quite a bit older than us, probably 20 years older than me. And uh, Roger didn't want to race nothing but Saturday night. So his guys, there were five of them that owned the race car. And they came to me and said, uh, would you like to drive this car on Sunday nights up at Finley? <clears throat> and of course, at 17 years old or 18, I think at that time, hell yeah. <laughs> so I, I got to drive this car up at, at Finley on Sunday nights and come the end of that year, Roger decided he wanted to quit, and he sold my dad his part of that race team. And the guys, that the, the main mechanic on the race car was way, way ahead of his time. He was like a Carl Kinzer for okay. where we raced. He was so far ahead of his time. <clears throat> well, it made winning 
just easy. I mean, it, it was, I say that now, but it wasn't easy. It was harder now, but no. he made it easy because he was so damn good. Um, there was no Jack Hewitt. The main guy I, I had to beat was Ed Hodgeshield. Jack wasn't at our level yet, and Brad maybe was just starting. Okay. Brad and Jack both might have just been starting. My toughest competition was Ed Hodgeshield. And I tell everybody, of us kids, Ed Hodgeshield was the best of all of us. He just didn't have the desire to keep on going. And he just quit at a younger age. But, um, that is true. I, if I look back, I think, I think I won 15 out of 17 features, but going back to my grandson, he's won 15 of 20 this year in his micro sprint. So maybe we might be able to get something going with him yet. Apple didn't fall too far from the family tree there. then. (laughs) I hope not. So, yeah, maybe maybe this Kenny Jacobs is ahead of his time in the micros. Yeah, there you go. Getting yeah, the thing set up. Oh yeah. So <laughs> um, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'm assuming Bud didn't tell me, but it was I'm assuming that was sprint cars then you were running? Yes, it was. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it was actually a bonafide sprint car. It was a real sprint car. It was um I'm trying to think which one I won all the races in. I believe it was the very first four-bar sprint car that Laverne Nance ever built. Oh, okay. And that, and that car had three different size torsion bars in it, like a 27-inch, a 28-inch, a 29-inch. It had three different length torsion bars for some odd reason. I have no idea why. But uh, it was really good at our little Lake, Lakeville racetrack. Really good. That just makes you have to have more bars around to change things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we never changed bars back then. And we were lucky we got new tires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't run a new one every night, that's for sure, I'm sure. Yeah, it's clear different now. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm asking most of my questions in case you didn't know because we really didn't say, but my sidekick has, he had a detached retina. So he, the bubble, his eye's all good now, but the bubble's coming down and he's still, it's hard to I have the things. print like enormous on my screen and he still can barely see it. So, but it's all right. Oh, he drove over here. Yeah, he's it's fine. no big deal. <laughs> yeah, ouch. It sounds like a big deal. <laughs> Sounds like Brady Bacon. How about that poor Brady Bacon? Oh, my gosh. That was awful. Oh, with that ethanol oh. there, Or methanol? Yeah, yeah. That looked, man, that it, looked way worse. I never had any issues. I never swelled up or nothing. I just couldn't see out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've had methanol in my eyes, too. But, man, never got a reaction like he did. Holy he must cow. have got her squirted in there. He must have got it under pressure in his eyes or something. Yeah, he must have got a real shot of it. Yeah, yeah. So, after doing a bunch of local racing... Um, you you kind of branched out and went to a bunch of different tracks with different teams. Did you enjoy going to other racetracks? I did. I I really did. I I didn't want to. Once I got to do that a little bit, I never wanted to run local anywhere. I just I didn't like the the fighting afterwards, the <laughs> the arguing and carrying on. And I just thought, you know what? If I don't have to come back here next week. I go somewhere else, then I don't have to listen to it next week. And I I couldn't wait to not race local anymore. And I, I can't remember how many years I raced at Lakeville. I, I got my first <clears throat> I got my first real break one. Um, Harold Kemenal, which would be Chad and Brian Kemenal's dad, yep. had a race car and it was probably um it might have been the best 
Sprint Car in Ohio at the time, right there with the top five anyhow. I got a phone call from him, and Johnny Bieber was driving the car and winning all the races. Johnny and him had a fallen out, and he, and he quit. It was the end of the year. <laughs> and um, uh, Harold called me up and said, you want to run my car? So I ran his car, and the very first weekend in his car, we went to Lernerville on a Friday night, non-wing, and I won that race. Then we went to Chillicothe the next night with the wing on, and I won that race. Then we went to Eldora the next night, and I ran second to Steve and that night. That was my first three races in that 3X car. So <laughs> pretty good outing. Uh, it, it was a good start, yeah. Yep. yeah. And uh, we, we ran, he took me to uh, Ascot and Chula Vista at the end of the year, and then uh, I came home, and him and Johnny got things patched up, and Kenny was out, and Johnny was back in. So <laughs> I got a real taste of uh, big time racing in a hurry. So yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, no ride was real secure back then. No, so. well, they're still not today. Most times, like, mm, like, nah, they're not. No, PA's really uh, been struggling. Seems like they're jumping everywhere <laughs> this year. But man, um, oh, but man. you drove for a, a lot of good teams over the years. Um, what 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 team sticks out the most, or where where did you enjoy it the most, or where did you have the most fun with? Well, you know, I, I tell everybody I've been so very fortunate in my career to drive for some, like you said, some of the very best car owners alive. And uh, but I go back to I said that that Harold was my first break. Well, he was my first break, so people actually said, "Man, who's this kid?" And then I got a phone call. Actually, no, I called him. Ed Reno, that owned the 4J car, I drove for four years. Ed um, had a car for a lot of years. An older fellow by the name of George Harbor drove it. They had a lot of success um, in their time together. And I came back from Florida. I was driving Frank Crash's car in Florida. Nothing went right. Everything went wrong. And I came back and I thought, I'm going to just give this Ed Reno guy a call. So I call him up, and he starts laughing on the phone. I said, well, what's wrong? He said, I got mad in Florida, and I sold every damn thing I own. I came home from Florida in my pickup truck. I left everything in Florida. And I thought, oh, shit. So, well, that's a dead-end street. So so I... um, I hung up, and, and and I should back up a little bit because when I was driving for Frank Crash the year before this uh, spring in Florida, we were winning a bunch of races. And Chillicothe had a race at the end of the year, paid $1,000 to win, and Ed Reno and George Harbor, they were winning all the races down there. Ed Reno owned an auto wrecking yard. Frank Crash owned an auto wrecking yard. So they kind of knew each other a little bit. So I told Frank, why don't you call that Ed Reno guy up and make a little side bet on this? Because I'm telling you, we're going to go down there. We're going to beat their ass. So sure enough, he he wouldn't do it. Frank didn't do it. But we did go down there, and we did beat him. And after the race, Ed Reno comes over, and he starts to tell me something was wrong with their car. And I didn't know him very good then at all, and he didn't know me very good. And I looked at him, I kind of grinned, and I said, well, 
I ran the last five laps with a flat left rear tire. And he just looked at me and started grinning and turned around and walked away. Because <laughs> he, he, he understood I was calling him bullshit. And, and so that was in the fall. The very following spring is when I called him up. I had the nerve to call him up after I did that. And uh, then he tells me about selling everything in Florida, got pissed off because they hit everything but the pace car and broke everything, <laughs> just had enough and sold everything. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to drive Frank Crash's car again. Well, Ed made a big mistake. Ed Reynolds made a big mistake to go to Devil's Bowl and watch the spring nationals at Devil's Bowl. So he comes back from Devil's Bowl, and he calls me up and says, uh, do you still want to race for me? And I said, well, yeah, hell yeah. He said, well, it's going to take me about a month because i got to buy everything brand new again, but I'll be ready in about a month. So that's how that deal got together. I raced for Ed for four years. I still had a full-time job. He had a full-time job. We won 46 races together and ran second in the All-Star points one year, and we were both working full-time. Um, that was my best ride of my life. Maybe not the biggest money team. I didn't win an outlaw races. Sure. I didn't win any big races. I won a lot of all-star races. I won a lot of local races. And he, to this day, is like my second dad. His wife's like our mine and Kim's second mom, still to this day. So those were the four best years of my racing career. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, and then I started... Then I went up from there and started running high-profile owners. And let me tell you, I'm not sure the headaches were worth it or the beatings in the back of the head every night. Uh, I, I might have won some good races, but, boy, the price you pay to, to get there is, wow. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty tough. The hours yeah. spent on the road to get from one track to the next. and yeah. Let me tell you what. That was kind of the nice part because you didn't have to listen to an owner chewing you out in your ear. You, were by, you either by yourself or you're with your family, so you were happy. So. <laughs> uh, you know, you've been to a ton of the tracks over the years. Do a couple stick out as your favorite? Um, <clears throat> probably my favorite track would be Lonerville. My second favorite would be Eldora. Okay. And Eldora's a close second. I I wanted 10 times more money at Eldora, but Lernerville was a smaller, more action track. It was always nice. And when I was younger, Don Martin owned, promoted Lernerville, and to this day was the best promoter, the nicest to me and my family and everybody else, not just me and my family, of any promoter I've ever met. He was the nicest guy. And uh, I just never forgot that. And his racetrack was always good. And so I would say Lernerville is my number one track. Okay. That's, that's good because we like the short tracks. You know, we live right here by Houston. So we're, we're more yeah, into the short yeah. tracks than we are the big ones. <laughs> yeah, you know what action's all about, for sure. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Three laps, they're lap traffic, and that always makes it exciting that way. Sure does. Yep. So. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I shouldn't say I keep doing some reading on you, but um, <laughs> I, people probably think I'm creeping on them. I say that all the time. But um, uh, 
rumor has it that you took care of your car really, really well. You, you really didn't want to, you know, they said you're like the smoothest driver uh, they've ever seen on the course. They compared you to a Doug Wolfgang. And from what I heard, you actually got in a car and didn't even change seats. You went in for Doug Wolfgang for one race or something like that and used the seat that was in his car. Is that true or is that not? No, that's very true. I uh, I was at a basketball game on a Friday night, came home from the basketball game, and the light was blinking on my phone, which was hanging on the wall back when we had phones on the wall. <laughs> and... and um, I punched it, and I had a message, and it said, uh, this is um, Dean, um, oh, crumb, I can't think, oh, my mind slipped, I can't think of his last name. Anyhow, Doug can't come in this weekend, and they are running double features at Hagerstown, Maryland. Could you come in and run the car? And I'm standing there thinking is this a joke because <laughs> Doug Wolfgang this was 1985 I think when Doug won all those races and uh, the car that he designed Bob Trossel built um, yeah. for Bob Weikert and they had won like 50 some races <clears throat> and I'm thinking ah. so I played it again and I told Kim I said come here and listen to this so I played it again I played it again and I said damn I better call these guys back so <laughs> I called him back, and and it was all true. There was a there was a double feature race at Hagerstown, Maryland, and um, I think it was. See, this was Friday night after basketball. I think it was the next night. I think it was Saturday night. So I pack up and go over there, and uh, Davy Brown Jr., Davy Brown Sr., and uh, oh, I cannot believe I can't remember the other guy's name that actually called me. Uh, I mean, I get there and I'm like awestruck because these guys are just absolutely the best in the world. And so I go out, uh, the first 25 lap feature, I run second to um, Keith Kaufman and Al Hamilton's car. And um, I came in and uh, Davey Jr. said, uh, we got the wrong tires on this thing. So I'm thinking, well, whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> I just run second. So I didn't it, think it was so bad. <laughs> well, in their trailer is a row of, back then, McCreary tires, yep. a row of Hoosier tires, a row of Goodyear tires. So he didn't mean I had the wrong tires on. I had the wrong brand of tires on. So <laughs> he changes he changes things around, and we go out and just wax them in the second feature. And I thought, no wonder Doug Wolfgang won all these races. <laughs> My grandma could drive this race car. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was so, I mean, and and I thought when they called, I remember telling Kim, because I'm all excited, I'm bubbly as hell, like a little kid at candy store. And I told Kim, I said, I know I'm going to feel good in this car, because Doug and I, I drive the same as Doug. I'm not half as good as Doug Wolfgang, but I drive the way he drives. And he was one of my, uh, he was one of my friends and one of the guys that I always, always watched because I knew whatever he did is what you needed to do. And I knew that he wasn't crazy brave, although he was braver than hell, but he wouldn't do something stupid. So yeah. I thought whatever he does is the right thing to do. So I watched Doug Wolfgang all I could watch him. 
course, we didn't have videos and shit like that where you can watch them like these kids today. No. So, uh, and it is right. I, I sat in his seat. They didn't change one thing on a race car for me. And I felt like I drove that car all year long. So um, it was a great experience. And that's actually how um, down the road I got hooked up with Bob Weikert. I, I won that race. And um, earlier before that, and I'm sure probably the reason I got that phone call, Ed Reno and I in the 4J car went to Williams Grove on a Sunday afternoon at the beginning of the year, and we beat them. We won the A-Main, and being an outsider, that was just unheard of back then. And uh, one of the most special things about that night, we had a little bitty um, enclosed trailer. I mean a little daggone, I can't remember the name of the trailers, but a little, little bitty thing probably wasn't 20 feet long. And I'm in, in it getting my fire suit off, and Lynn Paxton comes over, leans in the door and said, hell of a job, kid. It's hard to do that. And shook my hand. And I've never forgot that because Lynn Paxton was like God over there, you know, and and I never forgot that. But anyhow, Bobby Davis was driving Bob Weikert's car and I passed him and went on and won the A-Main. And I think Bob remembered that because I think it was uh, two years later when I got that phone call after Doug had been there a while and Two or three years later, I guess. But then um, I guess he must have remembered, hey, that kid in Ohio, <laughs> he looked pretty good one night over here, one afternoon. So, yeah, drive. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I thought I could back then, but boy, I was a long way from good. <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah, there's, right when you think you're really got this figured out, you go out and get lapped. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had this figured out, man. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, tough uh, being you brought up the Wikers, we had Todd in the garage here. He was out here for the High Bank Nationals at Houston, and Steve brought him to the garage. We did a podcast with him, and oh, yeah, he cool. was talking about different guys that have drove his dad's car, and you know they sponsored stuff. And you were brought up then, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. He actually invited us out to PA now for the for his dad's memorial race next spring. Oh, that would be cool, yeah. So yeah. we're going to try and make that happen if we can. Yeah, that's a good race. I, I'm i always, that's one thing the grandsons got me tied up now. I can't go to those races. Um, sure. So I went, um, actually went to the um, Thursday night race at Tuscarora 50. Kim and I ran over there real quick to that race and then came right back home because I had to be home. <laughs> and it was just good to get over there and Port Royal's just doing some awesome things right now, and I'm glad Todd's a big part of that. That as sponsorship goes, and um, they are they are like the premier facility right now. It's and they just keep doing more and more and more every time I go there. It's I just shake my head in amazement how much they're doing to that track. So they got good people. They're surrounded by good people over there. Yep, you bet. That's what it takes too. You can't one person ain't going to get her done. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all, man. They got the two Steves over there. The two Steves are really good. Steve O'Neill and Steve's Timely, they are really good. And they're really good at what they do. And yeah. they don't, I don't think they buck heads at all. They just do their own thing. And, man, they're good at what they do. And, and it shows. When you get over there, you'll be, you'll be really, really happy with what you see. That's good. 
So one more question before we get to rapid fire here. And then if there's anything we forgot that you want to mention, feel free. But what's your biggest accomplishment? A biggest accomplishment? Oh, man, that's a tough one, really. <laughs> I, and, uh, and, and not to say that I've had a bunch of accomplishments. I, I mean, my biggest accomplishment is probably that I could sit here and talk to you guys. I'm not laid up from all them years driving one of them damn race cars. But, <laughs> well, that's an accomplishment. Uh, cause... Yeah, yeah. But a couple couple races stand out to me. I won the Hoosier 100, which wasn't in a sprint car, was in a champ car. A.J. Foyt gave me my trophy. I got a hat from A.J. Foyt. Probably one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. And, uh, he was genuinely, genuinely nice to me because I was a racer. I won a race that he won, and it was uh, super cool. That was a super cool race. Um, and to win a Williams Grove National Open, uh, that was that was pretty badass. It was 75 laps back then, and uh, I probably was going to get beat by Stevie Smith. He broke in the first part of the race. Um, he had passed me and then broke a couple laps later. And then I was in Bob Weicker's car. Nobody could touch us the rest of the race. So we were, I guess, you know, you win some, you lose some. But that was a good yeah. one. That was um, right when Brad got hurt. And I left the hospital with Brad and headed to Pennsylvania. And I told Brad I'm going to win that race. And I went up in the office and called Brad from the office after I won the race. So that thing has a, a good and bad memory. You know, it was a bad yeah. time for us guys because – Brad was one of us, and yeah. um, man, we were all young back then. So that that one was pretty cool too. And of course, you know, I I got to win that big Eldora race. That was pretty neat. And my my funny story about the Eldora race, I had to run the B Main. The B Main paid a hundred dollars. Well, I transferred out of the B Main to the A Main. So then we win the A Main. A Main pays a hundred thousand. So. We're in Dan Motter's truck and trailer, and Dan Motter hands me a $50 bill for winning the B-Main. <laughs> then he hands my wife a check for $50,000, and I said, what the hell? She didn't do anything. <laughs> what the hell? So <laughs> I, I thought, man, that, something about this is not right, but I guess he understood where the money should go. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the Motter team, and... and I didn't make it into the Hall of Fame this year, the museum at Knoxville when we were down there, but the year before, the last two years prior to that, that car had been in there with your name on the side of it. Yeah, yeah, 71M car, yeah, yep. yeah. That was always a sharp yeah. car. Yeah, that was a good-looking car, yeah, yeah. Always good-looking. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't want to take your whole night. We really appreciate your time. <laughs> so we're going to kind of just do our fun questions here. Um, okay. What's, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Probably chocolate. Cat or dog person? Dog person. Do you have any hobbies other than racing and going and to your grandkids? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably uh, flying airplanes was a good hobby. Oh, yes. there you go. Yeah. Are you talking the uh, no, full-size planes or the RC planes? No, no, no. I had my own airplane. Okay. No. Full-size airplane. Okay. Yep. Just thought I better check, make sure. <laughs> Yeah, I had to do something dangerous. So I had to <laughs> yeah, not like that sprint car was dangerous, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah what's a hundred mile an hour plus in a circle with a bunch of other crazy guys, huh? That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. How, how about a favorite movie? 
Uh, officer and a gentleman. Now, that's there a good old go. classic. Just watched her the other day. You know, I got time now. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, yeah. prefer snow or rain? Neither one of them. There you go. <laughs> that I one? don't. I don't want either one of them anymore. <laughs> I used to love the snow because we had snowmobiles. But yep. Boy, you get to a certain age and think, man, this isn't cool anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. The snowmobiles yeah. hurt to ride anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but they're fun. We had a lot of fun on them. Oh, we had a blast back in the day, but back when we were riding them, they didn't have suspension on them, you know, the damn old bogey wheels and stuff on the tracks. And, yeah, beat you to death. Oh, yeah, yeah, I felt every little clot of dirt in the field and everything. But <laughs> um, If you yeah. were going to be stranded on an island, um, what type of music would you have to take along to listen to? Probably country western. Do you have a favorite place to go out to eat? Ah, favorite place to go out to eat. Or is your wife's cooking just that good? My wife's cooking is unbelievable. Wow. And and let me tell you how far that's going. The first two years we were married, we lived on a hamburger helper. <laughs> so, so that's come a long way in 40 years. So. Oh, that's good. Well, then let's just change the question. What's the favorite meal your wife makes for you? Um, I love her spaghetti. There you go. I'm, I'm a spaghetti guy. I was going to say Olive Garden. I like Olive Garden. Um, I'm a spaghetti guy. Spaghetti and pizza, I could probably eat about every night of the week. And she can make both of them really good. <laughs> um, how about a favorite holiday? Favorite holiday is, I have two of them. I like Thanksgiving. I love Christmas because it's all about family then. Yep. So Absolutely. Thanksgiving and Christmas and they're neck and neck. So... How much do you use your cell phone? Do you have a favorite app? I don't. I use my cell phone a lot more than I want to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a favorite app. No. Um, I guess if you call Flow Sports an app, that would be my favorite app. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that, we're busy with them yeah. all the time. Oh, my wife's yelling at me, my race pass, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. which I look at to see what my grandson's times are. So, <laughs> yep. yeah. That's a yeah, great thing they pass. put out there now. Yep. See there, you got to have that daggone woman back in the background telling you what your answer should be. <laughs> Jeez, it never changes. You know, you would think after 48 years, you could think on your own. I still can't think on my own. Be, be, yeah. Don't dig too deep a hole here. Your spaghetti won't be as good next time. <laughs> Might be a little sticky. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how many speeding tickets do you think you've had in your lifetime? Uh, I'm going to guess, man, remember, I'm really old. So, I'm going to guess a dozen. Probably. Oh, that's, that's not too bad. Too bad. No, no, not not real bad, and and I might I might be wrong about that. It might be less. We we've had I'm, a few I'm, with some pretty high numbers. Lance Deweese is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you run into expensive. him, ask him how many he's gotten. I thought really? he said it was like three a month or something like that. For a that. while there, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh. What's uh? You know, this is kind of a side point to that, but what's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway? Uh, probably on a motorcycle, probably 130, 140 on a motorcycle. That's, that's uh, back up there. when I was riding Kawasaki's and stuff, and yep. not the Harleys that I ride today, because I don't think they'd run they They don't fast. go 140. They're just no. fun to ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, this one, I might know the answer, being you're already having a margarita, but what's your, what's your go-to drink when you... 
probably margarita. There There's go. so many different margaritas. You can't go wrong with a margarita. Last question. If money was no object, is there a vehicle or a pickup or anything that you've always wished that you had? You know, if you'd asked me that two years ago, I'd say a Corvette because I'd never owned a Corvette and I finally bought one. Um, if money was no object, I'd have to stay American. I'd probably buy a new Corvette. Okay. I'd stay American. You bet. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kenny, thanks so much for coming on. I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention, but uh, this is this is so much fun oh, for Tobin and I. Just hearing the stories and everything else. So we really appreciate it. I think we should maybe try and do this again sometime if it works for you, because I'm betting there's a few stories we haven't heard yet. There are some, yes. And, and uh, I, again, I apologize for screwing up on the time. And um, we walked in. I looked at my phone. I missed a call from you. I missed a call from John Lewis, who owns my son's race team. And and I saw that Sioux Falls number. And I, the first words out of my mouth, Oh shit! And, and Kim's like, "That's all what? right. What? And I'm said, sure Zeb Weiss has. Do, it's no big deal for Zeb." Oh, uh, so I'm supposed to do the radio thing at seven thirty when Robert Lee's house. Damn it! So she says right away, "Well, you better call him right now." <laughs> okay, okay. So I was when I called and you didn't answer. I was just getting ready to text and say, "Man, I am so sorry," and explain it. And then my phone's ringing, and I thought, "Okay, there you." They're either going to tell me to go to hell or they're going to say, let's do it anyhow. You, so, you got the two I'm, most laid back dudes there yeah, are. So we we're good. Yeah. Maybe if we do this again sometime, maybe you better let the wife know when you're supposed to do it and she'll help you remember. <laughs> or, or, or you got to text me 15 minutes before so this stupid old guy doesn't forget. All right. Well, thanks again, Kenny. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, you guys. It was a great time. Thanks a lot. Have a good evening. Have fun with Zeb. All right, well, thank you. Man, talk about a superstar now. Yeah, yeah, that kid has really come around this year. Oh, my gosh. That deal at Port Royal was totally awesome. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't even know him. I never met him before, but he looks like a good kid. He damn sure can drive a race car. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we've ever talked to him personally. Nope. So. Have fun. So. All right. You won't have near as many stories. He's too young. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that is true. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll get thanks something lot, out of him. Guys. Thank you again. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks. Same here. Thank you. Hey, Toe. You know, every once in a while, I want to go to Knoxville or Pella, and I have troubles finding a place to stay. Do you have any good ideas of where a guy could stay? Heck, I'd try the Turn 2 Lodge, bud. The house right north of the track. I think you can probably hear the races. You ain't have to leave till the races start. Walk down. If you're in the area, whatever, visiting anything, I'd check out the Turn 2 Lodge. Find it on the Airbnb. Hey, that was so much fun. It was. I, I knew I was I was figuring it would be. Just looking forward to all these stories that these guys have. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing how they did things a little bit back in the day. Yep. You and know, just, and just yeah, it's, I I just enjoy the crap out of it. Yeah, so I do mean, I. I I I don't, I'm not opposed to you know, sitting by some elder older gentleman just sitting in a restaurant and strike up a conversation with them and just visit. No. I just I just enjoy it. Absolutely. It drives I, my wife and my family nuts. But <laughs> hey, he uh, 
you know, following the grandkids a lot now. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like they're all very active in sports, which... Yeah. He, um, <laughs> he got time to do much other than that yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, just a huge shout-out to Kenny for being willing yeah. to come on. Super nice um, guy. I, know, I Like I said during the podcast, I, I wouldn't mind having him on again. Because yeah. I bet we didn't touch half the stories. <laughs> no, no. I think I started off by saying we could probably ask him a thousand questions, but yep. you know well, you can only do what you can do. Yeah, well, so we, can, we don't want to have people listening to a three-hour podcast <laughs> that won't go over either. So, uh, but anyways, we'll be back with round two after a bit. <laughs>